0: Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> <Bullshit>. <laughs> Mark, I heard that! I heard that! <laughs> hey, this is Craig. And
2: this is Jordan from What Drives the Week and you're listening to The Loud Spot with Sebastian. Oh,
3: no! Oh, boy! Ah, here it comes! The motherfucker! Stop! Yeah, and if you don't like it, you better take your ass up to the Snooty Box, cause this is the loud spot.
1: Okay, see you later. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loud Spot. I'm your host Sebastian Cosby, right out of Oklahoma City. Today we have a band. What drives the week out of Kentucky, but also Virginia, right?
2: West Virginia. West Virginia, not regular Virginia. <laughs> Yeah not regular Virginia. We're, we're a little to the left. Okay, but now but the band you it, when you guys say where you're from, is it Kentucky? Oh yeah, we're all from Kentucky. boy, I just happen to live in West Virginia right now. Okay. <laughs> how, how far is West Virginia from where like are you guys do you guys all look pretty close to each other still? Uh, within an hour or so. Uh, Jared lives in Moorhead right now, which is uh, about 30 minutes away from John's house. John lives about 45 minutes away from Jordan's house. I live about an hour from Jordan's house. So, yeah, we're we're all over the place here.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're kind of close, though. So how long has the band been playing together?
2: Uh, the band started, what, John, was it 2008? 2008. Yeah, we, we played pretty consistently up until... Uh, it was 2013 right we took the break or was it 2014 I remember <laughs> <laughs> it, well it was one of the two and we stopped playing for for nearly five years we got back together and uh, I guess it was 2013 uh, and we got back together in uh, 2017 and uh, we've been at it ever since okay what what's so since you guys started the
1: band until... Now, and I know this is going to sound like we've talked about this before, because we did talk about this before on a podcast we couldn't air, so uh, since the time you guys started till now, how many changes of band members have you guys had?
2: That's a question for John.
3: (laughs) Um,
2: A lot. Uh, I can't
4: tell you how many, because I don't know, but uh, it's probably where...
1: Between eight and ten. Oh shit, a lot. Yeah, a lot. What's what how how long has this specific group of people all been together? Uh let's see. I would say
4: probably March. Um uh, Craig and Jordan has been in it since before we went on hiatus. And then Brandon and Jared came in after we got back. So I would say all of us
1: together probably like between January and March last year. Okay, so January marks. So the other members in the band, that were in the band, uh, what's the, so who's the, the, are you one of the original members, I guess, John? Yeah, I'm the only one left. The only one, the only one left. So pretty much, (laughs) you you are What Drives the Week, I would say. So are you, has the band name changed at all, or has it always been What Drives the Week? It's always
4: been What Drives the Week.
1: And how much has the sound changed with all those different people coming in and out of the band?
4: Honestly, not that many times. I mean, we started off pretty predominantly metalcore, And then as new people have come in and their tastes are different, it's kind of changed a little bit. But uh, now, like, if you compare us now to... Uh, you're cutting out
2: on me.
1: Yeah, you kind of cut out just a little bit. Hold on. All right, then we got John back on. Hopefully, so it has the sound. And, and for some reason, the audio sounding weird. Craig and Jordan can kind of answer to the best of their abilities. Jordan, aren't you, are you the newest member of the band?
5: No, I'm actually the second most tenured. I joined. Oh, really? Back in like 2009. So first, I thought you were a singer, and then I thought you were the newest member. <laughs>
1: i've done messed yeah, up twice
5: <laughs> yeah I've been, I've been like the second longest person in this band's history
1: so what year did you join the band
5: uh 2010 okay yeah I, 2010
1: okay so the band started 2008 2010 so i get into the guitar player. so as long as the singer and the guitar player kind of are together usually the sound's gonna sound the same
5: yeah okay. i mean it didn't change too much we like um we went from pretty much metalcore kind of like that late 2000s kind of almost scenish metalcore to what we are now but that's that's about the only change it just happened you know with i'd say less than one album's time we made that jump so it wasn't too big of a too big of a process there we just kind of did it all at once have you guys ever thought about doing country music i personally have it <laughs>
2: Um. so so I, I would say I've considered it but, but it's because around here if you play country you can actually make some money so, uh, so if I wanted to make money playing drums I would consider that but uh, my personal tastes are nowhere near that sort of music No, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, was in,
1: I, I was in a country band once I swear to God called Dolly Up I didn't like the music at all but at, for a brief time I dated the lead singer and so, and, and, and she was pretty cute. And she was, she's like, you're a drummer. Be my band. I was like, all right, you're hot. You know, let's, let's go do it. So I, so I did it. I did. It, and then she wound up being really crazy and like, tried to slash my tires. Long story. We're not going to talk about it. It was a long time ago. Many, many moons when I lived in California. Yeah. <laughs> so the new single you guys have is called survive. Yes, sir. And when did you guys come out with this song?
2: when you guys write this song? Um, so the song was written uh, over the course of 2018. Uh, there's like a whole story with "Survive." We 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 went into the studio in September of 2018, and we recorded this whole album. Uh, or I'm sorry, it was 2019, okay. and uh, we uh we were getting ready to record this whole album. We did the thing with Chris uh, Whited from Body Snatcher. He's got a, a awesome recording studio. Shout out 1776 Recordings. Um, but we went and recorded with Chris. We had this whole game plan scheduled for how we were going to release songs from the album.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we decided that, you know, Friday the 13th is a really cool day to release an album. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, next, the next Friday the 13th from the time we had everything ready was uh, March 13th, 2020. Uh, we released the album on the 13th of March. Uh, Survive was released a couple weeks beforehand just to kind of build some momentum for the album. Uh, and then on March 16th, the entire country shut down for coronavirus, and every plan we had made for the foreseeable future got thrown in the trash. <laughs>
1: yeah, dude. That's like, like almost every band like talks like... Because a lot of bands do drop stuff in the spring, like a lot of people drop stuff in the spring, and unfortunately that was the case. I do got to make a quick observation, uh, Craig. You are wearing a PlayStation uh, ear set?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. But,
1: but your shirt says Nintendo 64.
2: Hey, listen. I'm I'm an equal opportunity gamer. I play every system equally. I'm I'm not a hater. I like them all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like them all too. Let's play, <laughs> <laughs> let's play Survive right now. What drives the week?
0: You and everyone you know are dead. All of you. Because you can't survive it. It's not possible unless you're very very lucky. And your kids die too.
1: the song survived by what drives the week you know what i do want to talk about nintendo 64 because that was my favorite gaming system
2: same dude same the uh, i can name probably 10 games off the top of my head that i've, I've dropped 100 hours or more into so i'm right there the, with you bud the <laughs> one
1: number one game i would say there was actually two games that i played that I, were the best games for me uh 007 that that's a classic, right? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. that, that's was like good, the be- that was like the best one. And then, oh, yeah. GoldenEye. Goldeneye. Yeah. GoldenEye, yeah, GoldenEye. And then, WCW versus NWO.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you on that, dude. Those I've, are my two. <laughs> I've had so many uh, broken controllers and shit from <laughs> from that game. People, uh, people that uh, decide to play the game with us or whatever uh, get mad when they lose and stuff gets broke. <laughs> Dude, my, my friend Evan,
1: we were playing 007, uh, the golden 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 eye, right? And yeah. the whole world was you can't be odd job because he was like the short one that no one could kill. And we always did the golden gun. It was one shot, one kill. Well, my friend yeah. da- my friend Dale kept on picking him. And Evan, my buddy Evan is like my best friend. Gets so pissed. He actually gets up punches Dale in the forehead. <laughs> like, and I'm like, dude, it's a game. What are you doing, man? They're like, we're all friends. Well, that kind of put a uh, debt in their relationship for a little bit, <laughs> but Dale didn't punch him back. Thank God.
2: Well, that's, we can uh, I mean, dude, he said, don't pick odd job. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we don't punch somebody over it. Well, I mean, it all depends on how seriously you take it all. <laughs> Craig, what's your favorite game on 64? My favorite games on 64 were the Legend of Zelda games, uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Uh, I would argue to most people that uh, (laughs) it really depends on which one you like the most. I I like Majora's Mask a lot, but my favorite was always Ocarina of Time, and I would argue that it's possibly the best game that's ever been made. But that's just because I'm a little biased, I guess.
1: I didn't like Zelda until 64. Because I didn't yeah. like how you would walk, and then all of a sudden, like, like you're in a fight, you know? Like, you would like, Final yeah. Fantasy did that shit. I hated that. I hated those games. My brother <laughs> my brother, li- my brother <laughs> liked those games. I did not like that. How about, Jordan? What was your favorite?
5: Probably Pokemon Stadium. Like, that was the one that, like, I would go, like, friend's house, because I never had an N64, so I would always go, uh-huh. like, on a Friday evening, try to spend the night, hang out, stay that weekend. And that's literally all, like, me and one of my friends would play. Um, Just because we were huge into like the Game Boy game and just seeing it like 3D, yeah, this is mind blowing.
1: Okay, so John, this this question goes to John a little bit different. Do you guys ever write your music that's influenced off of a video game? Because if not, you should.
4: Uh, I
1: did one
4: time. um, I let a buddy of mine. The band read the lyrics. Uh huh. Like, no, you should. You should write about video games. You need to focus on real time stuff. I'm like but I liked it. And he was like, I don't. And I was
1: like, okay, well, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> I, again. I think, I, I, I think, I think Jordan and Craig would agree that writing music, cause obviously you guys are all video gamers. I like ever, ever, ever since 64 stopped and it came like, it was one six. What, what was after Nintendo 64? Nintendo cube or something? The games games games. Yeah. Games. Okay, so I didn't play that, and I, I didn't play like there's like Nintendo Switch now, and there's all these like PlayStations and Xboxes, and i never really got the only game I played on Xbox was like Guitar Hero, and that's like I'll the only game I played. <laughs> yeah, you know what sucked? You know what sucked what was that. What was that other game called? Where you actually had the drum set, Garage Band, or
5: uh, yeah. Rock yeah.
1: Band? And I, Rock okay. Band, and I'm a drummer, and I could not drum on Rock Band.
5: That if is it's not any console. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's any consolation, I tried playing Rocksmith, um, which is the one where you actually use, like, a real guitar controller. I couldn't play, like, anything on that. (laughs) I was failing everything on Rookie. Is it supposed to teach you how to play guitar in real life? Yeah, and I was, like, here I am, like, this many years in the band, and I'm, like, failing every song on Rookie. (laughs) I can barely play, like, Smoke on the Water. John, John, (laughs) you you need to kick him out of the band. (laughs) That's what you need to do.
2: (laughs) You're allowed to come back when you can beat uh, uh highway to hell on Rocksmith. Okay.
1: <laughs> Until then you're out. <laughs> what, what, what is the band's writing process?
2: Um, so typically what happens is, is me and Jordan, uh, it, at least historically, we've got Jared in the band now. So we've got like another viewpoint coming in, but historically Jordan and I have usually been the ones to kind of, uh, write the bones of the songs, uh, just kind of get the ideas, play around with them, try to link things together, figure out what sounds good together. Uh, And then once we've got, you know, a skeleton for a song, John comes in with Brandon and, you know, Brandon adds uh, a lot of melodic elements and things like that. John comes in, writes the lyrics. Uh, Sometimes though, he'll write lyrics that just, you know, like he'll just have something on his mind, write it out. And then it just happens to fit a song. and, And that's, that's typically what we do. I mean, we, we do try to, you know, go behind everything and make sure that, you know, our lyrics are, are, are good and everything flows nicely and, and all of that stuff. But I mean, typically for the the music part of it, the bones of it are me and Jordan Uh, with the new album, the new stuff, Jared's contributed a whole lot. So we're actually really excited for everybody to hear the stuff we're going to record this year. Um, And like I said, Brandon is, is right in the middle of it too, man. Brandon has been my bass guy for, Oh shit. Probably 15 years now. Like I've, I've played music for a long time. Yeah. yeah. That's a long time. (laughs) Me and and Brandon met uh, in high school. He's, he's just a year or two older than I am. And we were the two metalhead kids that would always come to school and like cradle the filth shirts and shit. So uh, we hit it off pretty early. And Brandon has been in other bands with me throughout the years and uh, he's always been a part of it, but,
1: <laughs> so like so like in high school where you live uh, where you do, high school was in kentucky right yeah but is there a lot of metalheads that went to your high school or was it mostly just like country music type people
2: man there were about five kids that i can think of that were completely cool with what we listened to and what we liked every other kid, it was everybody we, we hung out with. yeah yeah <laughs> it, was, it was our our small group of friends with been into the stuff we listened to uh, everybody else that went to school with us thought we were fucking crazy. They thought that we were, you know, uh, into some weird shit or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. Yeah. I... I can actually... Go ahead. I can actually recall the situation that I was just talking about recently. Of, uh, you know, during, uh, when there are all the school shootings and stuff that's going on, you know, our teachers, a lot of people at the school, they was really strict on a lot of people who dress different you know so if you wore a band shirt or anything you was pretty much automatically
4: kind of like the black sheep at school and uh, i couldn't count how many times i've been in the
0: principal's office over band shirts i've had
1: (laughs) really are you kidding me that's crazy like i'm from like like in california like we had a whole group of people that were like the skater punk rock metalhead kind of kids but you know, there was also my high school, I forgot how many students we had. We had a shit ton of students. So I think my graduating class was like 400 something. So, we had a whole diversity of people. But you hear these smaller towns, and especially with the school shootings, you got the rock and roll kids, and you're like, you know, the ones that, but then I will say this, there was in my high school, there was like the rock and, like the kids that listen to goth music that weren't cool, but then there was the kids yeah. that listened to like, you know, Limp Bizkit. And those yeah. guys were pretty cool. <laughs> those guys were pretty cool. You know, they were the more popular
2: kids. The ones that weren't listening to Maryland. I was that guy. I listened to Limp Bizkit. But my friends at at our school of kids didn't like that. Like, seriously, it's crazy to think about it. But the reality of it was like, if you didn't listen to country or pop music, just normal stuff that was on the radio in this area, you're the odd man out. People think you're crazy. Uh, Like our friends, even people that we know that, you know, maybe don't like the kind of music we play or whatever, but just want to support us to be friends. That's like the one thing we always hear is, you know, I I really like what you guys play and it sounds good. I just cannot understand what these people are saying. (laughs) Well,
1: to be honest, I have a hard time hearing what you're saying, too. But that's because I but once once I go to the lyric video or like the lyrics, if there's like a lyric part to it, you hear it one time. But that's like with any, almost any song that's not pop, it's kind of hard to understand exactly what they're saying during the song. Especially, okay, yeah. especially if they're screaming it, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I think that, you know, learning to dissect screaming vocals by ear is probably an acquired taste, but uh, yeah. I picked up on it early.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and if I listen to a bunch of... Because you guys, I like I said, I think I said on the last podcast we did it, and I'm not really a big, huge, like, heavy metal metal, but if it sounds good, it sounds good. Like, you guys sound good. There's another band called Amnesis. They kind of have a really heavy sound. I like them. Then the Metalcore band Begotten; those are super cool dudes, also. And but I I like Slipknot type sounds, also. You know, I just don't really—I don't like that death, dark, deep, growly.
2: Not that it's bad.
1: I'm just saying (laughs) I don't prefer it.
2: I was guilty. I was the death metal guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, li- listening to music with Brandon is where I learned how to tune out vocals and listen to just the music. <laughs> everything everything he listened to was was some sort of death metal growl and back then I like I like Limp Bizkit, man. Like if it was hard to understand it's because it was fast lyrics, but Yeah. With- Equinair Wizard school really is like you didn't really hear a lot of deathcore bands back then. It was either metal or death metal or black yeah, Dead, and yeah, Core really blew up past our experience in high yeah. school. <laughs> that so, was
5: that was when I was in high school. So okay. When core started blowing up. So
1: I graduated in two thousand and one. All right, and that was right before. And I was a drummer, you know, and I was and I consider myself like a late nineties drummer, and I've stuck with that same style like my whole life. Like I've never progressed past that. So when people started introducing the double kick and shit, I was like, Nah, fuck that. I don't. I don't want. I don't, don't want to do it. <laughs>
2: I like to play that kind of stuff, like like the way that uh, I was in a band before. I'm not going to say the name of the band, but I was in a band before that, like regionally, did okay. And it was more of like a hard rock, new metal sort of band, and we didn't do a whole lot of crazy drum stuff. But the one thing I've always really liked about being in What Drives the Week is, like, as musicians, we all push each other as hard as we can. Like, I, I didn't come into this band knowing how to do a lot of the stuff that I can do now, and I've learned it by just pushing each other to do it like jordan will come up with a guitar riff and i'll say hey dude what do you think would sound good here and if he says oh i think it should sound like da 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 da, da like <laughs> that what I, I just try to make it happen to the best i can and it's uh it's helped all of us man everybody in this band like you were asking about how the sound has changed everybody in this band has become a better musician from being in this band right. so we we try to like make ourselves uncomfortable uh, as much as possible when writing because like the best music in in our experience always comes from when you're outside of the box that you normally live in. And it's it's
1: easier to experiment and step outside of the box when you're with people that you know and that you played music with for a while. It makes it easier to do that, you know, because I was in the band. Also, the name was called Cricket was the name of our band uh i definitely became a better drummer i had that band stuck together we broke up like in 2003 or 2004 something like that how we have mm. stuck together and been together this long uh obviously i probably
2: would have learned double kick by now and
1: be really really good at it <laughs> but right. that, i gotta put the sticks down to, at that point you know
2: well it's double kicks fun but man sometimes like at the end of a set or something you felt like you ran the boston marathon and you just want to die your legs turn into jelly so, I mean, yeah honestly yeah. you're probably saving yourself some uh, some aches and pains
1: yeah i'll just stick to podcasting
2: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I,
1: like, I can just exercise <laughs> exercise my mouth all right that sounded kind of gay all right <laughs> <laughs> exercise your mouth on me baby all right the song black phoenix let's play that song right now and how old
2: is this song uh, it also came out on March thirteenth. All the, the songs, all these got, songs
1: came out March thirteenth.
2: Yeah, everything that that we're going to play today uh, comes from our album Lightbringer, which I'll plug that later. But uh, Lightbringer is uh, where all these songs came from. This but is are, what we
1: last are, are any of these songs older though that you brought back to this album, or were they all, were they all written also around the same time?
2: All new stuff. Everything all new stuff. that's on Lightbringer was was new stuff. All right, here we go. Black Phoenix.
1: We're going to play it right now. go black Phoenix what drives of the week I so when you have to talk about your writing process earlier that was the same when I was in a band that was my writing process and I think and it's it not every band's like that the I, I always figured the drums and the guitarist should always kind of get together and lay the foundation for the song and then everyone else can kind of come in but a lot of bands this it's always it, a lot of bands would be the singer and the guitar player it's always the guitar player though the, it's never like the singer and the drummer Or the bass player and and the drummer, the bass player and the singer. It's always the guitar player, then either the drummer or the singer.
5: Oh, yeah. Um, The reason I think that me and Craig write together so much is because we actually had a situation in the past where our other guitar player, who was primarily rhythm back then, had left the band. So we were kind of in a, like, what do we do mode. And me and him just decided that we were going to get together and have one-on-one practices running through the sets and just trying to build that chemistry up, that rhythm chemistry and just writing chemistry. And, you know, we got a whole album worth of material out of it. And, you know, it. we just kept working with it and it got better and better. And now it's like we can pretty much communicate without even talking.
1: Yeah, you guys yeah. look at each other and know when the change-ups are going to be. Now, Craig, do you ever look at Jordan and go, man, do this, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun? Dun, dun, dun,
2: dun, dun. <laughs> that's that's the biggest complaint that i have to like, I, I know a ton of drummers that also play guitar for the simple fact that they can like hear a riff in their head and then instead of being like well just go you know like they can just pick up a guitar and just play the like the bare minimum thing to play to kind of get the point across so uh Hopefully in the future I'll be able to do that. I'm I've, I'm getting fed up with my dun dun duns.
1: <laughs> no, that's what I that's what I always do, man. I always do the, the I, Yeah, I, I guess you'd be more complicated with it. And then when you guys, okay, so here's another question: When you guys are writing music, when you first are writing the song for the very first time, do you go in there and try to perfect it already, or do you go in there, hey, let's just get like the intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end. And then get the basics of that, or do you got to try to perfect it already? Because I know guitar players sometimes like to perfect that shit, man.
5: We on a, I got, our writing process, honestly, we we try to focus on getting the skeleton of a song first. Um, then you can always go back and add those details in. But as long as something we're enjoying it, that's the thing. we're, we're going to build on it. We have a we have a cool intro idea. we you know, we'll go with it, and then from there try to take it into a verse, so on and so on. Then once we finish it, then it's okay. What can we add into this?
1: Okay, I'm gonna ask, I am going to direct this question towards John right now. Uh, do you already have a list of songs pre-written, or does when you hear the song, does it inspire you to write music to it?
4: Uh, typically, I have stuff pre-written, and then uh, I'll take lyrics that I have, and uh, like say if I have like six different sets of lyrics, I'll pull it and take stuff from different places and try to make it work. But with this particular album that we're currently working on, um, it's being written
1: as we go. Okay. And now, does does your bass player, does he ever influence some change in the guitar structure? Is he like, oh, this would be really cool if we kind of did this here instead?
5: Yes. Um, yeah. Actually, like, one of the songs that we're going to be playing on here tonight, Suffering in Silence, the entire end of it was inspired by Brandon. Oh really? Yeah, he, he started messing around with something and me and him just were like, Hey, that's cool. And then we kinda tweaked it a little bit and it ended up becoming, you know, like the last almost minute of the song.
1: You know, no one gives the bass player enough credit, man. Bass player never gets credit. He's just the guy that follows the guitar player around.
5: <laughs> I was a bass player before guitar player, so I try to give him credit.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you you understand you understand what it's like.
5: That's- Absolutely.
1: The, and, the, you know, and the drummer, so honestly, if you're in a band, the singer, you change the singer out, you can't ever change the singer out, you change the singer out, you change the whole entire band, right? The other person that you can't... Yep, yeah, the other, that's why every band that's ever been like famous, I i mean, there may be a band, I'm sure they're out there, I can't think of one off the top of my head, and someone would be like, you idiot, this band, but can you name off the top of your head one band that was signed, very well known, famous band, that they changed their singer and continue to make big things happen?
5: The only one I can think of is not even metal. It's just rock, and it'd be ACDC. But they're they're literally, like, the only exception.
2: Uh, I think switch to these Van Halen. Okay. Thank no. You. <laughs> I mean, it's arguable. I'm not going to say that Van Hagar was better than, than David Lee Roth, but, you know. I. <laughs> um, what'd you say, John? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, again, Killswitch. And, uh, Killswi-
2: oh, yeah. Killswitch? Oh, Killswitch, did. Yeah. They don't, yeah don't see,
1: went- I don't know these things. The only thing I can hey. think of is, uh, the only thing I can think of was Drowning Pool, because their singer passed away, they got a new singer, but then they had, like, one song I don't think they did much after that.
2: They did. Yeah. They actually went through <laughs> yeah. three vocalists that I can think of after their original singer died. Uh, Drowning Pool? Yeah, they, they at one point had, uh, the guy that used to sing for Soil, and then they've had two other guys that I've never heard of before. <laughs> but I don't think either one of them lasted very long.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard, it's hard for you to find any singer. It's also hard if you're already in a band that's already doing things to kind of find that match. And then it's hard to get your fans to really want to, you know, listen to what you guys have going on. People always like the original. Not always, but people do like the original. I like think usually more than the new. So since you guys were talking about uh, suffering in Silence, Go. let's go ahead and, and uh, give an ode there to your bass player, and let's play that song instead of the Inferno, and we'll play the Inferno next. Hell yeah. This, this song goes out to every bass player in the world of bass players, <laughs> in the universe of bass players. Here we go. Wait. Suffering in Silence. Now here we go.
4: Excellent.
1: For all the bass players in the world, suffering in silence, you are no longer silent.
2: <laughs> you have a voice now. Thank you're you, Mr. Brandon Rowe. Here. Your voice is heard.
1: Okay. Now, we have now what's the song Inferno about?
2: John, you're going to have to take that one over, buddy. It's, it's basically about, uh, Dante's about Dante's Inferno.
1: Not Dante's Inferno?
2: Yep. What's yep, Don? What, uh, what's that? Don? It's a it's a poem. It's an old poem. The uh, Divine Comedy. Yeah, it's the Divine Comedy. Yeah, I didn't it, I, I didn't
1: pay <laughs> attention in, in high school, so I, yep. <laughs> I don't, is that what you learned? Uh, I didn't learn. I learned about Shakespeare. That's about it.
2: Well, hey
4: man, you earlier you had asked about writing lyrics about a video game. Technically, Dante's Inferno is also a video game. Also awesome a game. Oh, cool.
5: Yeah, it was like the Xbox version of God of War.
1: Okay. So pretty much. now you guys, the band, pretty much, you guys haven't gone on any, like, have you guys gone on any at all U.S. tours, or you guys just kind of stayed local to where you're at?
2: Um, so we've, we've traveled a lot to play shows like festivals and stuff in the summertime. Uh, we've been, I don't know, we've been to Indianapolis, or I'm sorry, not Indianapolis, Illinois. Uh, we've been to uh, Battle Creek, Michigan to play. We've been uh, to Florida. We've, we've kind of been around, but, I mean, generally, we, we try to stick to this area. Uh, right now, like, the, the metal scene is kind of starting to, to itself back up over in, uh, towards North Carolina and uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we're probably going to try to work our way over, over there as soon as shows really become a possibility again. Uh, but, yeah, we've traveled to a lot of shows. But I, I think you could say we're, we've tried to stay more local.
1: Have you guys played any shows at all? Wait, we talked about before uh, on the last podcast we did that we weren't able to air. You guys are pretty much shut down for the most part, huh?
2: Yeah, um, it, it, where we're at right now, I mean, coronavirus restrictions are really strong. Like a lot of bars and stuff just don't even open because the they they can only have so many people inside the bar. They can't have live music. Or if you do have live music, most venues aren't like equipped to space people out properly like they should be. Um, you know, so a lot of places like just little hole in the wall bars are shut down. But you could still go get your liquor at like Applebee's or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, are, are, would places even if a whole band can't play, are places still open to like acoustic shows out there, like a one man kind of
2: band? There, there are a couple venues that I'm aware of that, you know, if you wanted to come play acoustic guitar and, you know, let people throw change in your guitar case or whatever, that, that's probably still okay. Um, but for the most part, I mean, like, you know, if you've got three or more people in your band, there's not a whole lot of, <laughs> not a whole lot of, uh, you can do that right now. Yeah, and you guys got five of y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, Kentucky is, is, been in the news this year a lot about coronavirus uh rules and regulations because our the new governor has really stepped up and you know shut everything down and tried to keep people you know wrangled as much as possible uh it's not always successful but uh, you know things have been getting better man i think with the virus uh getting you know everybody's starting to get the uh the vaccination vaccine. for it now yeah, yeah it's it, uh, I would say, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can play some shows later this year. Uh, if not, you know, I guess 2022 will be the year. But we're, uh, <laughs> we're, just, we're just waiting for somebody to say, okay, bands can come tour again, and then we're on the way.
1: Yeah, as long as, as long as the super COVID doesn't affect and the vaccine. Dude, I swear to God, this is the end of the world, man. My biggest fear is that this coronavirus spreads to a bigger virus that the vaccine can't control. Next thing you know, you get it, you're guaranteed to be dead. And then the fucking world's extinct of, of humans and animals take over. And that's our, and then like a million years go by. And now we're like the dinosaurs from new, some new species that said there used to be intelligent creatures on this planet.
2: You know, <laughs> uh, I've, I think my biggest fear is that somehow it, it starts to develop where people can become zombies from it. Yeah, you know, I
1: yeah, <laughs> I, you know, when 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 coronavirus first came about, I was like freaking scared of everything, dude. Like I was scared, and then I actually had it, and I'm one of the lucky ones who didn't have it bad. Yeah, like, I did not, and I swear, I, I it's my own theory. I think it's blood type. I don't know that for a fact. I think one of your guys' band caught it yet.
2: No, we've, as far as we know, we've all been lucky enough to not have coronavirus. Uh, I've been tested for it a couple times, but I've never came back positive.
1: So I, yeah. is, is, it, is it pretty bad in Kentucky? I mean, it's not, the population is not that big where you guys are at, right?
2: Um, I think really the biggest problem with a lot of, like, especially the area we're in, it's not really that there's a lot of people. It's that people don't take it seriously. I mean, Uh, I don't really want to go down the political road or whatever, but you know, we kind of, we live in a red state and specifically the area that we're in is 100%. You know, the Trump supporters and things like that. And, you know, uh, for better or worse, uh, people just don't take it seriously for the most part. I mean, we we do everything we can and try to promote people to wear masks and stay away from me and that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, man, people just don't take it seriously here. So, uh, our numbers have been higher than you would think they would be. I mean, at least given population or whatever. But that's more just because people do, People, a lot of people think it's a lie, which is crazy yeah. to me.
1: That's like here in Oklahoma, too. And I hate, though, what's when funny I, when I see like the obviously super right-winger, and he's like 80 years old, and he's not wearing a mask at Seven Eleven to prove a point. I'm like, dude, okay, but still, you might die, brother. Like, just put, right. a, put a mask on, you know what I'm saying? Whether you believe yeah. it's true or not true, you shouldn't catch any kind of flu when you're 80 years old. Right, and, and,
2: yeah. and, and I mean, really, like, how bad is it to wear a mask? I mean, we, at first it sucked because none of us had wore them and we weren't used to them. But at this right. point, like, everybody's used to wearing a mask. What's the big deal, you know? Just, <laughs> just put yeah. on a mask. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I, you know, and I, I'm known to forget sometimes. Every now and again, I'll forget and I won't have it in my car. And I'll try to run to the store real quick and stay away from people. Cause everyone gives you the stink eye if you're not wearing a mask. You mm-hmm. get, the, you get the stink eye. And it was weird. It was weird at first. At first I felt like I, cause I had a bandana. So my wife's like, you're just trying to look cool. You're just trying to look cool and go to the store with a bandana on. I'm like, well, I don't want to get sick and I also want to look cool. So that was kind of yeah, my man. thing.
2: I mean, at first, I thought it was really cool that I could go to the grocery store dressed like Sub Zero for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> right? right.
1: <laughs> you would think that. That's the game we're inside of you, you know?
2: <laughs> right. Or Scorpion, come here! What the yeah, man, what the I'll, I'll, I'll put the cloth over my face and then I'll pull up my hoodie and I'll pull it real tight and I'm good to go, man.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and play the last song, The Inferno. And I like how you put the word The Inferno in front of it. I think that that makes it stand out a little bit more. So, here we go right now, The Inferno. What drives the week? Here we go. <laughs>
3: Feel the sting of the selfish chase, the carnal fever of the spiral race. Lead me through this carnage befallen, From me safe in the darkness of night. Let me pass unharmed, skate so by the.
1: You guys are great to have on the show. I know I just messed up, so I have to re-record this. So we're doing it now. And the listeners are going to be like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Well, you guys know what I'm talking about, and that's all that matters. So, if people want to, <laughs> if people want to find your website and your music, your Facebook, all that good stuff, where can they go?
2: So, our main site is probably Facebook. That's where we try to do uh, all of our communications with fans. But we're we're branching out this year. We're moving into other social media. We've got a Twitter. Uh, we've got a Instagram. We've got Facebook. Uh, Facebook has links to all of our merchandise and other things like that. Uh, the Facebook site, you can either search for What Drives the Week. That's one word, no uh, no caps or spaces or anything crazy, just What Drives the Week, one word. Um, or you can go to facebook.com slash What Drives the Week official, and that'll bring you straight to that, too. We've got a store that we sell our merchandise on at Big Cartel. Uh, the link is on our Facebook page. We've also got a a Spreadshirt store where there's some uh, interesting like uh, short term designs and things like that. And uh, all our music, if you can stream, our music is there. It's on Amazon. It's on YouTube. It's on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, you name it, it's there. Pandora, even if you if you use Pandora, <laughs> right? Um, and people uh, do. Still our people st- do. And our, if you want to buy physical copies of our music, uh, you can either reach out directly to us on the Facebook page or you can go to the Big Cartel store where we sell the CDs directly there. Uh, we actually have some cool bundles where if you buy a CD uh, at a different price point, you get like a shirt and some stickers and some other stuff. Uh, some of the higher ones will actually, you know, write to you and thank you for buying our stuff and tell you how cool we think you are for being a great fan. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> we're all over the place, man. But, but Facebook's really the central uh, area of it all. That's where we try to, to communicate with everybody.
1: You know, it's, it, and what's really cool is I've been talking, Craig and I, you talking back and forth about the podcast. And I'm telling you, 90% of the time, I said it on other podcasts, and it holds true with you guys. I'm normally talking with the drummer. It's normally the drummer that reaches <laughs> out. And it's, for some reason, it's normally the drummer that I'm talking to. It's not always, but. <laughs> More than I would say, probably more than seventy five percent of the time, it's a drummer, and typically the drummer now also knows the answers to those questions or answers it first, anyways.
2: Yeah, well, we got uh we've we've got nothing to do in our spare time. I mean, we play drums, and then like I might as well try to help manage the band because why not? You know? <laughs> yeah, because you do Do
1: you ever sit at home and just like? Like, the guitar player could sit at home and practice this song over and over again, a couple new little ditties. The singer could go there and write lyrics. The lead guitarist could do his thing and, like, this is not really cool. And the bass player could be like, oh, this is some really cool ideas I'm going to show to the guitar player. But the drummer's usually not at home playing the drums by himself, listening to the music, thinking we should change all this up. No matter the singer, guitar player, or bass player. So that's why the drummer, gets, that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: And, and you know, like when I first joined the band, I, I, we didn't go over that earlier, but I joined the band around 2012 ish. Okay. And John, John handled all the business back then. And since I've been in the band, I mean, me and John were friends before I, I was in the band. I've known John for a long time too. Um, but you know, I, I basically came in and said, Hey dude, you know, I've, I've done business with my other bands. I'm happy to step in and try to help. And uh, we just, we all just work together, man. We don't work against each other cause that doesn't get anybody anywhere. If Jordan wants to book a show, it would be the same as if Brandon or Jared did. Like we all work together. So that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's good. that's <laughs> I, good. I do a lot of the communication though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't really outgoing, you know, and, you know, and really we didn't get to hear much from that, from John's and his side of the, of the camera. That's because of the sound issues, but you guys also like really outgoing people for the most part. Uh, from what I can tell anyway, so I'm sure you guys have a lot of fun at band practice. If, if you could give a shout-out to any bands that you play with or that you know, bands that are near you, um, local bands, who would those be?
2: All right, so we'll start local. Uh, Revision Revised is an awesome metalcore band. They've got some really great material coming out very soon. Uh, another local band that has made waves, I, the Oracle. Uh, we're friends with the guys in Left to the Wolves Who just put out a new song And that song is a banger if you like Deathcore I definitely recommend checking out Left to the Wolves uh, We're friends with Dying Oath And that's one of those bands over in the North Carolina scene I know that you've had them on the show a couple times Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys think of anybody else we should throw in there?
5: I Am Air They're in Texas Oh yeah,
2: yeah, I Am Air That's our buddy Matt's band in Texas He is a monster on vocals You should check them out
1: All right, Anyone from John's uh, group over there? Nope, can't hear you. you. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we tried, we tried, we, we tried. He's like, whatever. I'm throwing, i throwing in the towel. i just throw in to the towel. Hey guys, I don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to stay right there. Don't leave. I do want to thank all of the listeners for listening to The Loud Spot. You can go find us on Apple, Spotify, www.theloudspot.net. If you do want to get a spot and maybe interviewed on the podcast, you can email Sam at theloudspot.net. He does all the bookings for us. Uh, He's the executive producer of the show. So, I got a TikTok account. I I did just start it, but I've done so many videos now. It feels like I started it a while ago. I'm having a lot of fun on there, so... Uh, Check us out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye -bye, Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, Uh, Bye, everybody. I heard that. We heard that.
3: This is the Loud Spot outro by Nothing Short of Tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the Loud Spot with Sebastian? Yes. Does Nothing Short of Tragic have me back again? Yes. Think that's good really have to end. A pimp post half a pimp show. So to get more episodes, make an order, this is over.
0: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.